Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. In today's episode, I'm going to address a question that I have frequently received from some of you amazing listeners. Maybe you sent it to me via email or on Facebook or Instagram, one of the direct messages on social media or something like that. But some of you want to know, like, Corey, are multivitamins any good? Should I take a multivitamin? Like, is it worth my money to do that or... You know, I think I actually I read something that multivitamins can actually be harmful and like I shouldn't take them. Like I shouldn't get too many vitamins in. Will a multivitamin help me lose weight? Could it be helpful for that? Like should I take a multivitamin? And then some of you have also had questions just about supplements in general. Like, Corey, what what supplements are good? Are, are there any supplements that can really be helpful for me? So today specific, I, I planned on addressing all of this in one episode and it just, it's not going to work out because the episode would, would be way too long. So in today's episode, we're going to address the specific question of, should you take a multivitamin? And I'm going to answer that by explaining whether or not I take a multivitamin, if I do or don't take a multivitamin, and why. So that's what we're going to address today. And then in the next episode, I'm going to talk more about the supplements that I consistently use and believe in. I'll explain some of the research behind them. And just kind of give you a little peek into that. So here's the thing. Before we get cranking, let me give this disclaimer. I don't feel like I should have to say this because all of you are really, really smart. But I'm going to say it anyway. What I'm sharing in this podcast episode and in the next episode or any episode for that matter, it is not intended to replace the advice of any trained medical professionals, your doctors or nurses or anything like that. Any and all matters regarding your health require medical supervision. And I encourage you to consult your physician prior to taking any supplements or starting any new supplements, even if it's something as simple as a multivitamin or adopting any specific nutrition habits. Okay? Okay, enough of that. <laughs> Let's move forward. So there are four core, like foundational nutritional supplements that I take on a regular basis. And I'll cover these in this episode. And like I said, in the next one. Um, there are many others that kind of come and go for me as needed or when I want to address a very specific issue that I'm experiencing, but there are four that are part of my daily and weekly regimen. And as I said today, we're starting with the one that this episode is named after. We're starting with multivitamins. So should you take a multivitamin? That's a great question. And honestly, it's a question that scientists have researched and debated for years and years and years. So here is the current statement from the National Institute of Health. You guys are going to hear me refer to a lot of different um, scientific organizations throughout this episode because they do really amazing work and, and they gather tons of research to see what we know from legitimate science about multivitamins or different nutrients and things like that. So the National Institute of Health they're some of the smartest scientists who analyze tons of research. So here's what they say. Who should take a multivitamin? Not just should you, but who specifically should take a multivitamin? They give four categories. People who don't get enough vitamins and minerals from food alone. 
people who are on low-calorie diets, people who avoid certain foods such as strict vegetarians and vegans, and we can also throw people who are gluten-free into that category. That's not in the National Institute of Health uh, document, but we can, we can include that as well. And then lastly, they include people with certain medical conditions that can cause nutrient deficiencies. Now, for our purposes today, I want to focus on the first three categories because if you have a medical condition that causes nutrient deficiencies, you probably already know that and you're addressing it with your doctor and you're taking a multivitamin. So we love you and, and, and I hate that that's the situation for you, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. So the first three categories are basically saying in a nutshell, you should take a multivitamin if you're not getting the proper amount of nutrients from your food. <laughs> Those first three categories, just a quick review. People who don't get enough vitamins and minerals from food alone. People who are on low-calorie diets, which basically is another way of saying, okay, you're not eating a whole lot of food, so you're not getting enough vitamins and minerals. And then the third category was uh, people who avoid certain foods, such as strict vegetarians or vegans or gluten-free and things like that. So again, you're not getting enough vitamins and minerals from your food. Well, gee, thanks, National Institute of Health. (laughs) I mean, that's a Captain Obvious statement, huh? So the next question should be if, let's see, okay, if someone should take a multivitamin if they're not getting enough vitamins and minerals from food alone, then our obvious next question is, am I getting enough vitamins and minerals from what I eat? Now, the only way to scientifically determine this for sure is to do a detailed food journal for a week or two where you track every single thing that you eat and drink in the amounts, and then it's all entered into a computer program. Some There may be some fancy apps that do this now. When I was studying for my nutrition science degree, it was old school computer programs, but it's all entered into a computer program that will tell you exactly how much of each vitamin and mineral and various other nutrients that you're consuming. And then you can see for certain if you have any deficiencies and what those deficiencies are. So you can certainly go ahead and do that. You can track away and do all that if you like. But be ready because it's incredibly time-consuming and aggravating. And then, spoiler alert, unless you eat the exact same things every single week for the rest of your life, then it's going to change over time. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It's a great tool, and it gives you really great data. It gives you a great idea of what you need more or less of. But it's just a one or two week snapshot. So you can do it if you want. But let me save you some time and energy right here. Okay, you ready? There's a really, 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 really good chance that you're deficient. (laughs) You ain't getting what you need from food. How can I say this so confidently? Like, man, Corey, that was... Man, you kind of came out with that. How can I say this so confidently? Because research backs it up again and again. Some researchers said nutrient deficiencies exist extensively among many members of the U.S. population. Rich, poor, well, or sick. 92% of the population, roughly 92% of the population, is suffering from at least one mineral or vitamin deficiency. And then there's data from the NHANES, which that stands for National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. So this is a really big um, report, and and it helps us to figure out what Americans... So a lot of... Let me say this, too, because I know there are international listeners. The majority, almost everything I share today is going to be based off of the typical American diet. If you live in another developed country, 
not a third world country, but another developed country, there's a good chance that the things I'm sharing will be applicable for you as well. But everything I'm sharing, all of the research is based off the United States of America. And this NHANES, this National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, um, is a very important tool that researchers use to determine what Americans are eating and then what is going on with the vitamins and minerals that we're getting or not getting, okay? So data from this NHANES report tells us that 94.3% of the U.S. population do not meet the daily requirement for vitamin D. 88.5% do not meet the requirement for vitamin E. 52% do not get enough magnesium. 44% for calcium. 43% do not get enough vitamin A. 38.9, so we can just say 39% don't get enough vitamin C. <gasps> what? I thought everybody got enough vitamin C. 39% of people don't get enough vitamin C. And 100% of the population, hey, guess what? That includes you. 100% of the population have intakes lower than the recognized AI, which stands for adequate intake for potassium. 100% of the population, when they did this in Haynes report, were not getting enough potassium. 100% of the people they surveyed, which was something like, I don't know, 15 or between 15 and 20,000 people, I think. So, a, a, you know, a nice little swath of the population. And then 91.7% didn't get enough choline and about 67% did not get enough vitamin K. Now you may be thinking, okay, Corey, that's great. That's a lot of numbers and a lot of vitamins and minerals and this and that. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> the, the, the take home from this is that there's a really good chance you're deficient. I mean, for goodness sakes, 100% of the population didn't get enough potassium. 94% didn't get enough vitamin D. 89% didn't get enough vitamin E. I mean, there, there's a bunch of different vitamins and minerals. The chances that you are getting all you need of all of them is very, very low. Now, before we move forward, at this point, it's important to distinguish between a deficiency and an inadequacy. So I've been using the term deficient, like, oh, we're, you know, mineral deficient, vitamin deficient. We're deficient in this. We're deficient in that. There's actually... Uh, a tech, these are technical terms, deficiency versus inadequacy. Now, to explain this and provide some other really cool information, we're going to look to the Linus Pauling Institute. Linus Pauling is the dude that discovered vitamin C. Pretty cool, huh? And there's a Linus Pauling Institute at Oregon State University. And here's what they say. Micronutrient inadequacies are defined as nutrient intake less than the EAR, which is the estimated average requirement. So basically, we think you need around this much, and an inadequacy is you're not getting that much. <laughs> so they say micronutri micronutrient micronutrients are just vitamins and minerals, okay? Micronutrient inadequacies are defined as nutrient intake less than the estimated average requirement, and they are common in the United States and other developed countries. Such inadequacies may occur when micronutrient intake, vitamin and mineral intake, is above the level associated with deficiency. So if, in other words, if your vitamin and if certain vitamin and minerals intake is so low that you fall into this category of deficiency, then you can have somewhat severe disease, 
like scurvy, for example. If you don't get enough vitamin C, you can have scurvy. That's like the most famous example. But you can get enough vitamin C to not have scurvy, so you're not deficient, but you're still not getting enough vitamin C to hit the adequate intake. You're still inadequate. So there's this kind of gray area, okay? So just because you're not deficient, clinically, technically deficient in a vitamin or mineral, that means that you will probably not have any disease, like hardcore disease, like scurvy, that is a direct result of not getting enough of that vitamin or mineral. You're above the deficiency level, but you're still in this gray area where you might be inadequate. You're still not getting enough to really thrive and live your best life, okay? And for your body to be at its healthiest. So let's get back to what this Oregon State University report says. Such inadequacies may occur when micronutrient intake is above the level associated with deficiency, but below dietary intake recommendations. In contrast to micronutrient deficiencies that result in clinically overt symptoms, like I just mentioned, disease states like scurvy, micronutrient inadequacies may cause covert symptoms, only that are difficult to detect clinically. For example, micronutrient inadequacies could elicit symptoms of general fatigue, reduced ability to fight infections, impaired cognitive function, Micronutrient inadequacies may also have important implications for long-term health and increase one's risk for chronic diseases like cancer, cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, and age-related eye disease. End quote. All of that, I didn't make it up. It's from Oregon State University and the Linus Pauling Institute. So, okay, great. Sounds like we might not be getting enough vitamins and minerals, huh? But why? Right? Like, why am I not getting enough of what I need in my food? Well, do you want me to be blunt? (laughs) Sometimes in my coaching group, um, when we have a coaching call and someone asks a question or they have a certain predicament that they're facing, I'll say, okay, do you want uh, like really kind of blunt, tough love or honest, you know, just really honest coaching? Or do you need a little kind of caring, you know, kind of ease our way into it type of coaching here. So if you want me to be blunt, why are we not getting enough vitamins and minerals? Because most of us eat like crap. (laughs) And even when we do have a few days of like, quote unquote, good, healthy eating, it typically doesn't last, right? Highly processed foods, junk foods, and fast food, sadly, form the majority of the typical American's diet. Now, on the other hand, nutrient-rich foods, fruits and vegetables and whole grains, stuff like that, they are rarely eaten or not eaten regularly or not eaten in high enough quantities. This is an example, a story I've told before on the podcast. As a nutritionist, when I meet with people (laughs) in the past, I've heard so many people say, oh, I love vegetables. Don't worry, Corey. I love vegetables. And I go, okay, great. And I started just as a little test to kind of go, okay, Let's go through your typical day. Let's let's go through and see what you eat. And the only vegetable they would have all day long was like a piece of lettuce on their sandwich at lunch. And I'm like, so you love vegetables. When, when do those come in? Oh, my goodness. Well, well, I really like them. I guess I just don't eat them that much. Well, that's <laughs> loving them is one thing. Actually eating them is another thing. So here's the thing. If we're really honest, we oftentimes eat very inconsistently. And a lot of the times we just kind of eat really crappy foods. 
We don't eat a ton of nutrient-rich foods. And when we do eat those nutrient-rich foods, we don't eat them in high enough quantities. And that's not all. There are multiple studies that have found, beyond just what we eat, that the soil of farmland all across the world is becoming deficient in different micronutrients and different vitamins and minerals, which means your produce could also be deficient in nutrients. Canadian researchers even compared the data of current vegetables and the nutrient content that they have to data from 50 years ago. Their findings showed that the mineral content of cabbage, lettuce, spinach, and tomatoes had decreased from 400 milligrams to less than 50 milligrams throughout the 20th century. That's an 88% decrease in minerals. But here's the thing. You may be like, good grief, what are we going to do? Like, if I, Even if I do eat fruits and vegetables, it's not going to be helpful. That's not true. Fruits and vegetables are freaking amazing. Eat them regardless. Let's just pretend that good old organic fruits and vegetables are packed full of all the wonderful nutrients we need. Okay, great. Let's just do that. Let's go with that for now. Guess what? The recommended fruit and vegetable intake is at least three to five servings per day. But only 3% of men, 3% percent of men and seven percent of women the women are beating the pants off of you guys men you got to step it up with your fruits and veggies but women you shouldn't be too proud because only seven percent of you meet these minimums of three to five servings per day of fruits and veggies stop for a second and think about that you get a lot of your nutrients from fruits and vegetables even if we say the soul's deficient it doesn't matter those fruits and veggies are still packed full of nutrients and if we gathered up 100 men in a room, only three of you are eating enough fruits and veggies. And if we gathered 100 women, only seven, there's a really good chance that you are one of the 93 of the other 93 or the other 97. And if you weren't, then there's a really good chance you wouldn't be listening to a weight loss podcast. Just saying. <laughs> so here's the thing. Bottom line, we are overfed and undernourished. We have we consume way too many calories, fat and processed carbs through the roof, and way too little vitamins, minerals and phytonutrients. And even if someone tries to consume a quote-unquote perfect diet, the odds are something is still missing. I always love it when some snooty holier than thou scientist makes a broad generalized sweeping statement, somewhat condescending statement, and it may not be a scientist, it may be a reporter, you know, who's writing an article. And it goes something like this. You can get everything you need from food. Here's an actual quote from the Harvard School of Public Health. For those who eat a healthful diet, a multivitamin may have little or no benefit. Well, amen, Harvard. I hear you. I, and, and I agree. Now, show me someone who consistently eats a healthful diet. <laughs> health. H-E-A-L-T-H, healthful diet. Show me that person who consistently eats that diet. Yeah, that's what I thought. Matter of fact, most of the researchers probably aren't consistently eating the healthful diet. And, and guys, I'm so thankful for the researchers. They're amazing. They're the ones that gather all of this incredible information that I'm able to present to you today. But that's what I thought, right? It's like, all these people, you've been so busy doing your research, living in fantasy land where all we need to do is eat a balanced, healthful diet full of fruits and veggies. Yip, 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 yippee. Like, that's all we need to do. But we know the truth, right? It just doesn't work that way in the real world. 
This is where ideal and real collide. Like in the lab, in research, what's ideal is get all your vitamins and minerals from the food you eat. And I agree. Heck yeah, I agree 100%. Getting all of your required nutrients from actual food is far superior to trying to get them from a pill. But the problem is it just doesn't happen. Or we can at least say it very, very rarely happens. In the Harvard School of Public Health, they know it. Because in that same report that I pulled that quote from earlier, they go on to say, there is no arguing that multivitamins are important when nutritional requirements are not met through diet alone. Which basically means that multivitamins are important about 99% of the time. (laughs) See, even if this, like this whole idea that we get everything we need from our food, even if that's true, which it might not be because of the modern day farming and all that stuff, but even if we assume it's true, who are we fooling? Like, who are we trying to fool? The vast majority of us, the vast majority of Americans at least, are not eating anywhere close to a perfect diet, nutritionally speaking. And guess what? We probably never will. Even if we drastically improve our food habits, there's still a really good chance you'll have at least one, if not more, nutrient inadequacies or deficiencies. But Corey, it's it's time for the But Corey portion of the podcast. We're going to have a few of those today. But Corey, look, man, I hear you. I do, but like, I've been I've been living my life, doing my thing, eating how I want, and I feel okay. I mean, why should I take a multivitamin? Like, don't fix it if it ain't broke, right? Well, first of all, it's 100% your decision whether or not you take a multivitamin. I'm not trying to pressure you at all. I just want to present the facts. And then you can decide. So I've already given you a lot of information, but let me kind of condense it right here. Here are the facts. Number one, there's a really good chance you're deficient or at least inadequate in multiple nutrients, important nutrients. Number two, while you might not feel the nutrient inadequacy in a powerful way, The consequences are sneaky, or as Oregon State researchers refer to them, they're covert. They're covert and they're real. Stuff like general fatigue, like feeling tired, reduced ability to fight infections, impaired cognitive function, having a hard time concentrating or focusing, poor memory, depressed mood. And then there are the implications for your big-time long-term health. Just stuff that's kind of important, like an increased risk for chronic diseases like cancer, cardiovascular disease, that's heart attacks, stuff like that, type 2 diabetes, no fun, osteoporosis, and age-related eye disease. Now, please remember, these are all potential consequences of nutrient inadequacies. We're not even talking about diseases that occur because of true, like, hardcore nutrient deficiencies. So that's our second point, our second fact here. Next up, number three, We need to realize that there are some other really cool potential benefits to not being nutrient inadequate or deficient. Number one, we can potentially reduce our cravings. So this is somewhat scientific. There's some research to support this, but it's not a hardcore um, tried and true thing. But you can potentially reduce your cravings for various foods that may not be the best for you. If you are kind of topped off, so to speak, on all of your vitamins and minerals. See, here's the thing. If you're deficient 
in one or more vitamins or minerals, your body knows it and it doesn't like it. And so it's basically going to say like, hey, hey, eat something. Hey, eat something. It's going to make you crave food and it's going to kind of try to maybe increase your appetite. But it can't say, hey, look, you're deficient in vitamin K. Please eat some leafy greens. Your body can't say that. So it's just going to go eat. Okay, no, that didn't do the trick. Eat some more. Eat something else. Eat some more. Eat something else. It can't communicate the specific deficiencies or inadequacies that you're having nutrient-wise. So it just increases your cravings and or your appetite. Now, if we top off all the nutrients, if we're consistently at a place where we don't have nutritional inadequacies, then we potentially reduce our cravings and stabilize our appetite. So that's one really cool kind of side benefit, potential benefit. Next, we can possibly improve mood and have less aggressive behavior. I think that every person who drives in rush hour traffic should have to take a multivitamin. You can potentially improve your mood and have less aggressive behavior. There was a really cool study done on prisoners a double-blind, placebo-controlled study found that adding vitamins to the diets of inmates at a maximum security prison, it cut offenses that occurred within the prison by 25%, by one quarter. The greatest reduction in these offenses was for serious offenses, including violence, and that was reduced by 40%. But it's not just prisoners. There's another study, a 2013 meta-analysis of clinical trials found that when given multivitamins, adults without any sort of clinical disorder, so in other words, they weren't clinically depressed or they didn't have like bipolar or anything like that. So just no clinical, uh, you know, mental uh, states here. But adults without these clinical disorders experienced improvements in anxiety, hostility, stress, fatigue, and clarity of thought. From what? From being given a multivitamin. That's nuts, right? So there's some really cool kind of potential side benefits to making sure that we are not nutrient inadequate or nutrient deficient. But Corey, <laughs> I just saw an article by some doctor. It popped up on my feed and it said multivitamins don't work. I hear you because here's the thing. I see those articles too. What we have to remember is they want a bold attention grabbing headline. When you dig deeper and look into what the article actually says and what the whole body of research says, you'll find that there are certain things multivitamins can do and certain things that multivitamins can't or don't do. For example, extending your lifespan. They're not, they're not effective with that. From what we know from research, taking a multivitamin will not add years to your life. Another thing, like let me just be very clear because this is a real-life weight loss podcast, taking a multivitamin... I, I know of zero research that shows that it is helpful for losing weight. But as you reduce your food intake to lose weight, you could argue that you would fall into the category of a lower calorie or low calorie diet that would help you lose weight. So then you could be nutrient deficient. I would argue on the flip side of that, if you're cutting your calories that low, you're probably going about it all wrong. <laughs> and that as you improve the quality of your diet, that even if you're as you're pursuing weight loss, that should be a really he helpful thing. But the bottom line is, if you see a headline that says multivitamins don't work, multivitamins are a waste of your money, it's probably rever referring to a very specific thing. There's no research that I know of that shows that multivitamins help you lose weight directly, and multivitamins do not extend your lifespan. They will not add years to your life, but it can 
possibly add life to the years that you have, as you can see from all the possible benefits that I've already mentioned. But Corey, let's go with another one. One more. <laughs> a lot of these in this episode. But Corey, man, listen, I thought I read somewhere that a multivitamin can actually be bad for you. Like it can be harmful. This is typically due to megadoses, which is somewhat prevalent and just freaking stupid. Okay, the research isn't super clear, but it seems like super high doses of certain antioxidants and or B vitamins can be harmful. But again, it's only really high doses and it's often kind of weird stuff. For example, there's some evidence that a high dose of nicotinamide, a certain form of niacinamide, which is vitamin B3, um, it, there's some evidence that high doses of that could reduce the rate of new non-melanoma skin cancers. And a different study linked high doses of vitamins B6 and B12 to an increased risk of lung cancer in male smokers, but not in non-smokers. So if you're a non-smoker, then that totally doesn't apply to you. Or if you're a female smoker, because the research doesn't show that high levels of vitamin B6 or B12 increase the risk of lung cancer in female smokers. So if you're a male smoker, well, then this certainly applies to you. And there's some other research about vitamin A and beta carotene with smokers and things like that. But here's the thing. You know what the headline that pops up on your phone would be? Multivitamins can give you cancer. B vitamins cause skin and lung cancer. <laughs> so should we be concerned? Are multivitamins harmful? Are there downsides to taking them? If we cut through all the fluff, the answer seems to be no. They are not harmful and can really actually be helpful. And if you don't believe me, here's what the National Institute of Health said with all of their crazy super smart scientists. Taking a basic multivitamin mineral formula is, un is unlikely, excuse me, unlikely to harm your health. Taking a basic multivitamin and mineral formula is unlikely to harm your health. They go on, smokers and perhaps former smokers should avoid MVMs, that's the abbreviation for multivitamin and mineral, with large amounts of beta carotene and vitamin A, and I think we can also include B vitamins in there as well, because these ingredients might increase the risk of lung cancer. So, should we be concerned? I don't think so. I'm not. And that brings up the question, do I take a multivitamin? Corey, you're like Mr. Nutrition Guy. You're Mr. Real Life Weight Loss Podcast Guy. You, your, your diet's probably, I mean, what you, you eat nothing but fruits and vegetables all day long, and you don't have any nutrient deficiencies. <laughs> yes, I take a multivitamin. Why? I take it as a nutritional insurance policy. I like to think that my nutrition's pretty good. I routinely eat a whole lot of vegetables and fruits and whole grains and lean protein, but... I know that I don't always get 100% of what I need. I just don't. And when I consider the risk-benefit analysis, maybe you're familiar with this, maybe you're not. It's when you look at a certain decision and you look at the risk associated with it, and then you look at the potential benefits associated with it. When I look at the risk-benefit analysis for multivitamins, it's absolutely worth it to take a high-quality multinutrient formula. Now, I say multinutrient. That just means we're getting vitamins and minerals and different nutrients all together in one package that we could be inadequate in. Do I take this multinutrient or multivitamin every day? No, not really. I try to take my multivitamin at least four or five days each week. My diet is pretty solid overall, like I mentioned earlier. And again, the multivitamin is my insurance policy. I want to trickle in enough of those nutrients to make sure that I'm at my best and I'm not 
inadequate with any of them. Which multivitamin do I take? I alternate between Rise Essential Nutrients and Rise Elite Nutrients. Now, full disclosure, I am 100% biased because these are my products. <laughs> I contracted with a well-respected FDA-inspected GMP certified, GMP stands for Good Manufacturing Practices, and it's a certification that nutritional manufacturers can gain, but it's, it's, it's not really easy. They have to be really, uh, really on the up and up. So I contracted with a FDA-inspected GMP certified manufacturer to create these products, Rise Essential Nutrients and Rise Elite Nutrients, for me, my family, and then some of my clients like to take them as well. If you're interested, you can read more about them at challenge2rise.com. That is the number two. Challenge, the number two, rise, R-I-S-E, dot com. I'll include that link in the show notes. And you can also find them on Amazon. I'll include direct Amazon leaks, links, <laughs> not leak, let's not leak it, links, L-I-N-K-S. I'll include direct Amazon links for both formulas in the show notes also. But I'll give you just very quickly here as we wrap up this episode, the quick summary. All multivitamins and multivitamin formulas are not created equal. Now, hold on. Wait a minute, Corey. You're telling me that my Flintstone vitamins are, aren't really that great or that my multivitamin chewies or jelly beans might not cut it? Um, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And it's not just the chewies and the Flintstone vitamins. There's a lot of other vitamin formulas out there that really aren't that great. By the way, you, you wouldn't believe how many adults eat those dressed up vitamin candies. It's crazy. So anyways, enough of that. Here's the problem with a lot of multivitamins. In an attempt to increase profits as much as possible, supplement companies use the cheapest forms of most nutrients. For example, they'll use something like magnesium oxide, which is poorly absorbed and provides very little actual magnesium to the body. The best form, on the other hand, of magnesium and other minerals is what's called chelated, uh, which means it's basically bound to an amino acid. We can get deep into the science here. I'll avoid that. But this, with, with this, you get superior absorption and much more actual magnesium is supplied to the body. Not only do most multinutrient formulas use the cheapest ingredients, like I've just explained, they also use way too much. Like I said earlier, it's usually almost always B vitamins. You, you look on it and you get, you're like, wow, I'm getting 10,000% of the RDA here. I'm getting 10,000% of what I need for vitamin B6. This is sadly really common <laughs> with a lot of multivitamin formulas because they think that you think that more is better. And they also think if I put more in there, well, then I can charge more. And these crappy formulas, they bombard your system with an overload of, like I said, B vitamins and other nutrients that's basically impossible for your body to absorb or even utilize. Now, some research, like I mentioned earlier, has even shown this can be detrimental to different organs and possibly even increase the chance for some diseases. In a nutshell, here's the thing. It's, it's just an unnecessary stress or stressor to your body. that There's no reason to megadose. More is not better. We want our multivitamin to cover the bases and act like nutritional insurance, not be some over-the-top, super-duper, through-the-roof formula for no good reason. That's not what we want. And then the cherry on top of all this is that a lot of multivitamins are huge, <laughs> chalky, tablets that are nearly impossible to swallow. Now, all three of these problems are solved with Rise Nutrition's multivitamin formulas, Essential and Elite. 
Both formulas provide smaller, easy-to-swallow capsules or coated tablets. Both provide superior nutrient sources for maximum absorption. And both are dosed appropriately without going overboard, so there's no stress to the body with the megadosing. So what's the difference between the two, right? What's the difference between elite and essential? Well, it's exactly what it sounds. Essential nutrients is a super high-quality replacement for your basic, cheap, poor-quality multivitamin that you might grab, pick up at some random store. It contains everything your body needs to cover the nutritional bases that you might miss from time to time with the food you eat or don't eat. But there are also a few little extra things. There's some added enzymes and probiotics for digestive support, along with a potent little blast of concentrated fruit and veggie extracts. So that is essential nutrients. It's the super high-quality replacement for the cheap, low-quality multivitamin. The other formula is Elite Nutrients, and it is truly that. It is elite. It not only provides all of the basic nutrients that your body needs in the absolute best bioavailable forms, it also provides three science-backed nutrients, lutein, coenzyme Q10, and an herb called ashwagandha, which you might be familiar with. It includes these to su- so that we can support excellent cardiovascular health, cellular energy, inflammation levels, eye health, and daily stress relief, which I think we can all benefit from, right? So about half the time I'll take uh, essential nutrients and about half the time I'll take elite nutrients. It kind of depends on what I have going on in life or how hard my workouts are at the time or just different things like that, different lifestyle factors. So as we wrap this up, again, the decision is up to you. (laughs) It's your body and it's your health. For me, it's definitely worth it to take a multi-nutrient formula, a multivitamin, multi-mineral formula most days of the week. If you're interested in one of the RISE formulas, you can purchase it at challenge, the number two, challenge2rise.com or on Amazon. You can find all of those links in the show notes. And just as we wrap up next week, don't forget, we will continue this conversation on supplements. So if you enjoyed this episode, you will absolutely love the next episode. I will tell you what my three other core supplements are, why I take them, how often I take them, and I'll help you figure out if they might be helpful for you. But as always, it's your body, it's your decision, and I encourage you, I'm not handing out any sort of medical advice, I encourage you to contact your doctor or some medical professional prior to taking anything. All right, gang, I hope that's been helpful. I hope that you always know you're so much more than what the scales tell you and that losing weight is really about gaining life and living the life you always wanted to. And even if you don't believe in yourself, it's fine. Keep coming back. I'll keep working on you. We will get you there. God bless, my friends. Take care. Bye-bye.